Good morning, everybody. So wonderful to see you all here. If you're watching online with us this morning, we'd like to extend a special welcome to you. Uh, we'd love for you to comment and let us know where you're watching from, who you are. Uh, we also want to let you know that we have online hosts available for you. Um, you can ask them any questions you may have. They can pray with you, uh, anything you may need. This morning, I just want to encourage you all just to stand with us, and uh, we're going to start singing. with us. I will believe. I will believe for greater things. There's no power like the power of Jesus. Let faith arise. Let all agree. There's no power like the power of Jesus. I will believe. Power like the power of Jesus. Let faith arise. 
To glorify, 
Let this be our anthem. You heard your children, and you hear your children now. You are the same God. You are the same God. You answered prayers back then, and you will answer now. You are the same God. You are the same God. Say 
They sing you give life. You give life. You are love. You bring light to the darkness. You give hope. You restore every heart that is broken. Great are you, Lord. It's your blessing. saving us 
this morning, all we want to do is just praise you. With the last breath that's in our lungs. God, but please encourage us. Because that shouldn't just be this morning or during this one song. those that do not know you. God, use us as your mission. God, use us as an example. A Christian who sings your praises, speaks of your goodness with every breath that is within us. trust you. We love you this morning. We thank you for being in this place. Praise all this. Welcome to Springbrook. If you're visiting with us, I'm Jeff. I'm one of the pastors here. Um, you know, if you are visiting this morning, you know, in person, uh, we have some connection cards at the ends of your aisles. If you would fill them out, you're getting to know us a little bit. We would like to get to know you. Or if you're online, you know, visiting with us, you can, you know, chat with some of the hosts that are there. Or you can fill out our online connection card and we would get to know you better, you know, through that medium. And so thank you again, for, you know, for visiting with us. Um, now, listen, we have a lot, you know, that's going on at any one time and we have a lot of moving parts. And so, um, you know, the, uh, if you could advance to the next slide kindly, please. Thank you very much. So springbrook.org forward slash info. If you want to stay up on everything that's going on, I don't want to have you guys in a place where, you know, something happens and you're like, I didn't know that they were doing that. And you miss a registration deadline or, you know, something passes that you didn't know about. And so you can actually sign up. And we've had a couple people do so, you know, in the past week, you know, so that they're able to know what it is exactly, you know, that's going on throughout the week. What are the upcoming events, you know, that I want to participate in? Uh, so again, springbrook.org forward slash info, or you can text info to that number or scan the QR code there, and you can stay in the know of everything you know, that's going on. And so um, next up we have, uh, we're in kind of prayer right now, you know, carefully for openers and closers and people to serve on our cleaning team. Um, you know, these are vital roles, you know, for um, opening and closing the doors of the church and, you know, chatting, you know, with the folks, you know, that are online and also, um, you know, cleaning the church, which is something that uh, we actually do with volunteers, which is really amazing. You know, a lot of churches spend an awful lot of money on cleaning that, and we have an amazing team, you know, that, you know, goes through and does that every Friday morning, and they would like you to join them. And so, you know, if you're willing to do so or if you want to know what that entails— springbrook.org forward slash serve and you know we can put you in touch with someone to let you know you know what they need done um, you can also text serve to the 844 number or scan the qr code but um, great way to you know meet people coming you know, in the doors and so um, if that's some way in which god's gifted you in terms of being able to greet and god's given you the uh, gift of gab <laughs> this may be the opportunity for you and so you know please strongly consider that um Coming up in less than a week now, you know, next Saturday we have, you know, our Men's No Regrets Conference. And so, 
you know, time's coming where we, we need you, you know, to sign up for that if you plan to participate. Um, it's only, you know, a half day. We're eating lunch from one to two, and then it's over with, and so you've got the rest of your Saturday in order to do with what you want. But um, during that time, we have some, you know, amazing speakers, not only ones that we're going to feature in video in here, but we also have um, three workshops being done in person by, you know, great men of God that I know personally. And so they have some wonderful topics selected, lots of stuff you know, to be able to glean and learn from them. And then we're going to have, you know, Chick-fil-A afterwards. And so, you know, that sounds like a you know, good afternoon to me. I don't know about you, but springbrook.org forward slash no regrets, or you can get in touch with me if you have any questions about any of that. And, but we'd be happy to see you there. And so um, lastly, we have our Guatemala, you know, uh, trip you know, that we're planning for, you know, June of this, you know, upcoming year. Um, the time is coming where we need to know in the next, you know, week or two whether you, this is something that you're going to be participating in. And so it's, you know, very important because we're dealing with, you know, several time frames with, you know, passports and airline tickets and different things like that. But, um, you know, this is something where, though, I, we have a lot of information and we can answer, you know, the majority of your questions if you have them. Um, you can go to springbrook.org forward slash Guatemala and you can see the um, information that we presented at our last meeting, you know, at the beginning of this month. And then coming um, next week, I mean, February the 4th, we're going to have our second info meeting, you know, after the second service. And so, you know, if it's something that you're wanting to commit to, we would, you know, ask that you, you know, come to that. Uh, but again, you can text missions as well to the 844 number up there, or you can come and see me and find me in the hallway, you know, after the service, and then I'd be happy to answer any questions for you. But, you know, if you do, you know, plan to go, it's an awesome opportunity where we can change the trajectory of, you know, several families' lives but you need to get in touch with me so that I can let you know what you need to do um, as far as your part so that you're able to participate in that. So uh, thank you very much. And, you know, we have a you know, story that we're going to you know, show for you right now. So we hope that you enjoy that. Hi, my name is Pastor Rich. And my wife, Karen Lind, and I uh, just finished celebrating our 15th year anniversary at uh, Springbrook. And uh, this month also marks the completion of my third year as the lead pastor of Springbrook. As I think back on my life, it's just, uh, there's uncounted ways that I could just see where God has been faithful. But most recently, you know, I think that, uh, you know, the 30 days after I moved into that lead pastor role, seeing our church shut down uh, for that year through COVID was, uh, was something where I just saw God miraculously provide for our ministry, both financially through our leadership team and Moving into that second year, as we begin to rebuild our ministry, it took much longer than uh, I had anticipated, but God just continued to remain faithful as he provided for our ministry, strengthened our leadership team and our elders and our staff. And, and then in a million years, I never would have guessed that uh, in our, my third year would be replacing five major staff positions. But again, uh, God's faithfulness uh, through that journey uh, continued to uh, just be incredible. And I am so grateful that uh, God has continued to provide for us financially. We've got great staff. We've got great elders. We've got great leaders. And uh, it's a personal encouragement to me just to see uh, how God has uh, just remained uh, faithful as he's provided for our ministry and uh, continued to enable us uh, to be effective at reaching our community uh, for Christ as we seek to fulfill the mission and vision he's given us. As we continue to move into this uh, new year, I am looking forward to uh, really what God has for us as a ministry. I am learning to better embrace my limits. I'm looking forward to investing in our elders, our staff, and our leaders. And I am really excited about uh, God's continued faithfulness uh, in our ministry. I am really excited 
about, about our Bless Every Home initiative right now, we have 40 families that are praying for 1,500 uh, neighbors uh, in our community. In fact, I am walking through my neighborhood right now praying for my neighbors, and I thought, hey, this is a great time to record my story. Uh, but I am looking forward to uh, God's provision for our ministry. I'm looking forward to our being able to more effectively uh, accomplish the uh, the mission and the vision that God has given us, and I am really looking forward to being able to serve alongside uh, some great uh, godly men and women as we seek to accomplish the plans that he has for us uh, this year. <laughs> we are praying for others that would be willing to share their story about where they have seen God at work and what they're looking forward as we move into this new year, and not just into the new year, but throughout the year. And so if you have a story that you'd like to share, we would love the opportunity uh, to celebrate that with you. We saw uh, Brian Ford's uh, story earlier. We're going to hear from uh, one of our elders, Jim uh, Smoot, uh, coming up in the next few weeks. We're going to be sharing some stories from our annual meeting uh, coming up uh, this evening. We'll be showing some videos from those uh, in the upcoming weeks. But if you have a story that you'd like to share, we'd love the opportunity um, to celebrate that um, with you. So today we are kicking off a new series through the uh, book of Exodus, and I am so excited about this series. I've been uh, praying about and working on this series since last June when I took a little camping trip out and just was kind of praying about what God would have for us. I ran into some, some verses that we're going to be looking at uh, during this series as well as passages that are going to guide us uh, as we move into uh, this new year. We just finished up a great series on praying, and so we'll be talking about that in just a few moments as well. But as we get ready to kick off our time together this morning, I want to ask you a question. What percentage of people under the age of 40 do you think believe that God exists? What percentage of people under the age of 40 do you believe uh, understand that God exists? Do you think it's 75%, 65%? 55%, maybe 45%. What percentage of people do you think believe in God that are in this next generation that's being raised up? 10 years ago, it was uh, 47%. Uh, in 2020, it dropped to 45%. And the most recent polls from uh, Pew Research indicate that it's now getting closer to between 40 and 43%. And so there is a generation that's coming up underneath us that is questioning the existence of God. We're not talking about trying to get people back to church. We're not talking about just helping people to understand their need for a relationship with Christ. We're talking about the fundamental existence of somebody that loves you, that has created you, that has a plan and a purpose for your life. And I think one of the reasons why people don't believe is they just simply don't see that in the lives of the people around them. We don't share what God's doing in our life. We don't share the testimonies of faith. We don't talk about the life-transforming power of a relationship with Jesus Christ in our life, and they don't see it, they don't hear it, and as a result, they just really have never had an opportunity to hear and to believe. How can they believe unless somebody shares, and how can somebody share unless they've been sent? And as Christ followers, we've been entrusted with the message about the good news about a God that loves us, wants a relationship with us, as evidenced through uh, his son. For 40% of the people that were polled, uh, that identified themselves as Christians, only 20% attended church on a regular basis. And so from my perspective, as I think about Springbrook, as I think about our ministry, as I think about our community, we are in a crisis of faith. 
And so it's easy to talk about how bad things are getting and we're in an election year and, oh, we're raising our arms up. You know, we have a God that is sovereign over all things and is in control of all things and what's our relationship with us. And so as we move through Exodus, we're going to be looking at stories from Exodus that talk about the encouragement that we have as a result of who God is. We're going to be looking at how great our God is. And as a result of that greatness, it moves us to want to share our stories with people around us. Stories are important. We're all called to be witnesses. If you have a relationship with Christ, God has called you into a relationship with himself for his purposes and his plans that others might come to know and understand how great he is and his plan for their life. And so we're called to share our stories and every one of us has a story. As we move through Exodus chapter, uh, these several 40 chapters we're going to be looking at, we're not going to look at all of them in detail, but we're going to be looking through Exodus at stories of gratitude and life change and looking at the importance of stories. I want to talk about the book of Exodus for a moment. The book of Exodus is a fascinating book. If you've never had an opportunity to read through it, I'd, I'd encourage you to do that. We have a Bible reading plan uh, that we've invited people to participate in as we move through this series. And so you can read through Exodus as we go through this series. We've got a great resource for you on Right Now Media. It's a study that you can use either individually or with your small group. But I encourage you to take advantage of some of the resources that we have available to you as we move through this great book. In chapters 1 and 2 in Exodus, you know, we see the multiplication of the Israelites. You know, they've uh, moved into Egypt. They found favor with the Pharaoh. Their population begins to grow, and the existing Pharaoh gets afraid of their numbers. They're getting too big, and so as a result of that, he enslaves them, and they're raised in this environment uh, where they've been having to embrace slavery. And then in chapter 2, we see Moses is born. We see he's rescued by the Pharaoh's daughter, and, and he's raised an Egyptian prince. And so we see this all unfold in the first two chapters. As you move into chapters 3 and 4, we see the calling of Moses at the burning bush. One of my favorite passages. I've got all favorite passages, but I, I really do love when God appears in that burning bush to Moses. It's a powerful story of an engagement and a, a relationship and talking with God. In chapters 3 and 4, we see the calling of Moses. We see that his wife, uh, Zephorah, and their two sons are going to be sent to live with their uh, his father-in-law, Jethro. As Moses you know, leads the people through these plagues. And through the Passover, we see that in Exodus 5 through 12. And then in chapters 13 through 15, we see the exodus from Egypt and we see the crossing of the Red Sea. And then chapter 16 through 19, the Israelites journey through the wilderness. They face challenges of hunger and thirst. In Exodus 20 through 31, we see uh, God establishes a covenant with the Israelites. He gives them the, the Ten Commandments. When you think about just the Ten Commandments, only, only 15% of the people polled know that the Ten Commandments were written in the book of Exodus chapter 20, and very few of them can name them. 15% of the people don't understand where the Ten Commandments are, but 80% of the people can tell you what's in a Big Mac. <laughs> Dolby patty, special sauce, list, cheese, pickles, onions on a sesame seed bun. <laughs> and so that's the culture that we live in. You know, we have a responsibility to share the stories of what God's doing in our life so people can understand the greatness of the God that we serve. And that's what this series is going to be about. As we get to the Exodus 35 through 40, the Israelites have constructed a temple, a portable sanctuary, where God's presence would dwell with them through the Ark of the Covenant. We know that that temple curtain would be torn open. We have direct access to God now because of a relationship with Jesus Christ. But one of the things that we find in the book of Exodus is the power of, of stories to 
bring about life change and gratitude and joy about our faith. Exodus is a fascinating book, and through the wilderness experience of the Israelites, we're going to find that gratitude is in God's deliverance and his sovereignty and his guidance and his provision and his victory and in his covenant. Today, we're going to see how important it is that we share our stories with others. Stories are important if we're going to experience the joy that comes from gratitude as a result of who we are in Christ. Without stories, there is no gratitude. Without stories, there is no joy. Stories are powerful. They point us to God and to his faithfulness. In Exodus chapter 1 and 2, the Israelites are multiplied. Their numbers are big. Pharaohs enslave them, and they are, they are groaning in their slavery. They are crying out to God because of their slavery. We want the promised land, and, and the slavery has just been such a burden, and they are crying out to God. They are crying out for help. We see in chapter 3 and verse 7 and 8, the Lord says, I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt, and I have heard their cry because of their taskmasters. I know their suffering. I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land to a good and broad land, a land flowing with milk and honey. Isn't that encouraging? The Lord said, I have seen their affliction. I have heard their cry. I know their suffering, and I have a plan to deliver them. Friends, that is a promise that is available to us today as a result of who we are in Christ. This world has fallen and broken. Our lives are messed up. There are things that happen, and, and God hears and sees and has a plan to deliver us. You know, we have uh, finished up our praying series uh, last week, it was so encouraging uh, to read through those uh, prayer requests and to hear the stories uh, from people that understand that they can pray to their Father through the Son and the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, we serve a single God that exists to us as the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And we relate to Him in a way that can be difficult for us to explain to people. I was in uh, Florida last week at a board meeting for our conference at Converge, and I got in the car, my Uber driver, and I started a, a conversation, and ultimately, I try not to tell people what I'm doing, but, you know, it ultimately always comes out. You know, I'm a pastor, and I'm here for a board meeting. We're talking about starting and strengthening churches, you know, both in our communities, domestically, around the globe, and so we started talking about God, and she said, yeah, she had some questions about who God was, and so she'd had some experience with church, and so we started talking, and, and uh, we had just come off this series, and I was talking about the fact that we serve a loving God who, who cares and listens for us, and she started sharing some things, and in the process of the conversation, I was talking about, well, you know, God wants a relationship with you. You can talk with the Father. You get to him through the Son, and you pray in the power of the Holy Spirit, and you can have a relationship with God, and you can have the assurance of heaven, and she said, I want that. I said, that'd be great. And so I said, all you have to do is believe that Jesus Christ is God, that he, he came to the earth to die for our sins. And he was like, Jesus is God? He's like, yeah, Jesus is God. You know, the Father is God and Jesus is God. And, and through, through Jesus, we get direct access to the Father. We have the Holy Spirit guiding our conversations right now. And then we started talking about the Holy Spirit. And so we were kind of processing through what it means to, to have a God that loves us and cares about us and wants a relationship with us. And as I moved through the conversation, I thought, you know, 
I just want to encourage you, find a local church. I gave her my business card. And I said, hey, if you've got any questions, I'd love the opportunity to talk with you. In fact, I said, I want to, enjoy, I want to invite you to join us online this Sunday. And so Mary Ellen, or there's Mary Ann. We got Mary Ellen. Mary Ann, if you're online watching this morning, I'm so glad that you are with us. And so it's as simple as, hey, come join us for church. You know, watch online. You know, if you have any questions, let us know. It's encouraging. I think we had uh, 20 people that were watching online with us this morning. I hope, hopefully, uh, one of them is uh, Mary Ann. But, you know, we serve a God that loves us and hears us. And I just want to invite you for a moment to, to look at that wall to your right or to your left. We've got those post-it notes. We serve a God that knows what every single one of those prayer requests are. There's 269 prayer requests on our wall right now. And God knew what we needed even before we asked. And he hears our prayers. He cares about us. And he has a plan to deliver us. Every single one of those post-it notes is a story. Every single one of those post-it notes will, will point us to God. Stories are powerful. And we look for opportunities to share them. Whether we're talking with somebody verbally, whether we're writing them down on a post-it note and placing them on a wall, I want to encourage you, we're going to leave those post-it notes up for the entire year. We're just going to continue to add to that. So if you want to come to a service early, you can make your way over to that table. You can write a prayer request up. You can put that on the wall. We'll pray for you. Uh, If you you see an answer to prayer, you can put an answer to prayer up there. But as we move through the year, we're going to continue to celebrate God's faithfulness to us. And you have an opportunity to come up front. When we do an upfront prayer on the second and the fourth Sunday of every month, uh, you can come up and we'll pray with you. Or if you want to, just make your way over there and put a prayer request up on that wall. But we serve a God that loves us and hears us and has a plan to deliver us. And we're going to leave those up for a while, but if you've got any questions or we can pray for you anyway, please let us know. You can, you can put a prayer request on your communication card. You can scan uh, that QR code. You can text prayer to that phone number that we've made available to you. It's on our app. Um, but we want to have our entire congregation as we move through this year focused on who God is and what his plan for, to deliver us is through the hope that we have uh, in Christ. Today we're going to be looking at Exodus chapter 18. And so we're going to start in the middle of Exodus as we frame up the entire series. And so if you brought a Bible with you, we're in the book of Exodus. And it's the second book. So you can go right to the front, just go two chapters, Genesis, Exodus, and make your way over to uh, chapter 18. If you're watching with us online, uh, there's a place for you to click the uh, Bible link and you can make your way to Exodus 18 there, or you can just listen along as I begin reading in chapter 18, beginning in verse 1. It says this, Jethro, the priest of Midian, Moses' father-in-law, had heard all that God had done for Moses and for Israel, his people, and how the Lord had brought Israel up out of Egypt. Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, had taken Zephora, Moses' wife, after he had sent her home, along with her two sons. The name of the one son was Gershom, for he said, I have been a sojourner in a foreign land. The name of the other son was Eliezer, for he said, The God of my father was my help, and, my, and he delivered me from the sword of Pharaoh. Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, came with his sons and his wife to Moses in the wilderness, where he was encamped at the mountain of God. And when he sent word to Moses, I, your father-in-law, Jethro, am coming to you with your wife and her two sons, Moses went out to meet his father-in-law, and he bowed down and he kissed them. And, he asked, and they asked each other of their welfare, and they went into the tent. 
Moses told his father-in-law all that the Lord had done to Pharaoh and to the Egyptians for Israel's sake, all the hardship that had come upon them in the way and how the Lord had delivered them. And Jethro rejoiced for all the good that the Lord had done to Israel and that he had delivered them out of the hand of the Egyptians. Jethro said, Blessed be the Lord who has delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians and out of the hand of Pharaoh and who has, um, has delivered the people from under his hand. Now I know that the Lord is greater than all the gods because in this, after they have dealt arrogantly with his people, God dealt with them. And Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, brought a burnt offering and sacrifices to God. And Aaron came along with all the elders of Israel to eat bread with Moses, Moses' father-in-law before the Lord. And so Jethro is Sephora's dad. It's Moses' father-in-law. And Jethro and the family of Moses were, were not with Moses through the Exodus. They had stayed in the land of Midian, uh, where they had heard about all that God had done. And so they were not present. As you read through Exodus 1 through 17, you know, it's just important to know that Jethro and Moses' wife were not there. They're, but at the end, after the Exodus is over, they hear about all that the Lord had done. And then they come out to meet Moses in the wilderness. And so there's this little family gathering. Moses has led the people out of Egypt. His family that was in Midian comes out to meet him, and there's this huge celebration. And Moses, when he sees them, falls down when they arrived. After this great exodus, after all the things that they've been through, he sees his wife, his kids, and his father-in-law, and there's, there's this big reunion. And, and what happens in verse 7, we see that Moses went out to meet his father-in-law, and he bowed down, and he kissed him, and he asked, they asked each other of their welfare, and they went into the tent. And so after this big reunion, Moses walks out to greet them. He falls down, and then they go into the tent to talk about what God has done. You know, how many times have you been asked, how are you doing? How do you respond? <laughs> I'm doing fine. You know, it's funny, you know, this last week, <laughs> I've had fun just asking people how they're doing, and and if they keep walking, I say, no, really, how are you doing? And, uh, you know, this morning I was kind of walking around and I talked to a couple of people and, how are you doing? Oh, things are going great. And then I stopped them. I said, no, wait a second. How are you doing? And we stopped them. We, we started to have this conversation. And so it wasn't just a passing, hey, how's it going? Hey, everything's good. But it was a, a stop and talk. Then sometimes people will stop and ask me how it's going. I'm like, okay, it's going okay, but I got to get over here. I'm going to be late. <laughs> you know, there are so many things in our life that, prevent us from being able to stop and, and share with people what's going on in our lives, isn't there? And so when Moses and Jethro get together, they ask each other about their welfare, and they really mean it. It's not just this passing conversation about, hey, how's it going? They mean it. And what do they do? They go into the tent. Now, if it had been me, I think I probably wanted to go hang out with my wife and kids. <laughs> But here you see two leaders, Moses set apart by God to lead his people. And you see Jethro, the priest of Midian, who has got a lot of responsibility, are genuinely asking each other how things are going. And they go into the tent to talk about it. In the hustle and bustle of our daily lives, it is so easy to get caught up in the busyness of life or to get caught up in our concerns and to even forget to ask about how others are doing. 
Moses, a leader chosen by God, Jethro, the priest of Midian, of the Canaanite tribe, of the clan, with all these responsibilities. They took time to genuinely inquire how they were doing, and they went into the tent. You know, I found this passage last summer during my Sabbath, as I mentioned, while I was camping, and I was praying. I've been working through our elder board this past year, and just praying as we move into this year that that we as a congregation, as a church, would find joy as a result of who we are in Christ. Because it's through that joy and that gratitude that others will see that. There'll be a sense of awe about what God's doing here. They'll see what God's doing and, and be attracted to that. And the Lord will add to their number daily those that are being saved. If there's no joy in this place, if there's no gratitude in this place, who wants it? And so there's got to be something that God's doing in our lives that other people want to be a part of. And so that's my, my prayer for our congregation as we move through this series, as we move through this year, that there would be a joy that would be contagious, that we might reach that next generation that's even wondering if there's a God that exists. Stories are important. Stories are important because they are the foundation of gratitude and the source of our joy and, and, and delight in our faith. Stories and gratitude as a result of a genuine concern and an intentional time with God and with one another. And if you want to experience more of the power and presence of God in your life, you have to be intentional about talking to others, about sharing stories, and about building meaningful relationships and connections with others. Asking about each other's welfare goes way beyond the courtesy of, hey, how it's going It builds on meaningful connections and fosters a sense of community as we share what God's doing in and through us together. And it sets the stage for authentic relationships and joy in this life. This is why small groups are so important to us at Springbrook. We love the gathering together on Sunday morning. It's an important part of who we're called to be as Christ followers, to not forsake the meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. This is important as we worship God and let his word transform our lives. It's encouraging when we're here. And I pray that when people leave, there's a sense of excitement about what God is doing in their life and in this church. And we pray together that we'd have an impact on our community. You know, in a world that values individual achievements and success, you know, to be inspired by an example such as this and to be encouraged in these conversations and to contribute to building up a community where God is glorified and people are cared for. Stories are important to us and they are the result of a genuine concern for others and the intentional setting of time aside to invest in relationships. Stories are important and the result of genuine concern and intentional time to one another. That's the first lesson that we learned from Moses and Jethro. The second lesson is this. Stories are a courageous sharing of praises and struggles. The conversation with Moses and Jethro reveals moments of celebration and moments of suffering and vulnerability. It's easy for us to celebrate when things are good, not so easy to share when we're going through struggles, isn't it? We don't want to talk about our struggles. We don't want to be vulnerable. We don't want to be transparent. It's a trust issue. And when we share our stories in this way, it builds trust in our relationships. Stories are the courageous sharing of praises and of struggles. Moses told his father-in-law all that the Lord had done to Pharaoh 
and to the Egyptians for Israel's sake and all the hardship that had come upon them in the way and how the Lord had delivered them. And so he shared with them the the ups and the downs. He shared the struggles, the hardships that had come upon them as well. It wasn't just a, hey, God is good, but man, this has been a tough journey. The hardships are the things that God had seen them through, but in spite of that, had been faithful. The conversation between Moses and Jethro reveals moments of celebration and vulnerability. When we're courageous in sharing our praises and our struggles, when we are transparent, it breaks down barriers and creates an environment of openness and trust. And so when we share with one another, it's, it's a trust issue. And so, it, and, and I'm hoping and praying that this is a place that people feel like they, they can trust people around them. And so what, what's, what's said here stays here. And so we want to avoid gossip. We want to avoid slander. We want to have relationships that are genuine and, and there's vulnerability and transparency because it's in the context of that that stories that are pointing us to God are able to transform our lives and ultimately pointing us to Christ. Moses just doesn't recount all the victories, but he talks about the details of hardship. Sharing hardships creates an emotional connection. It it allows others to understand and empathize with our experiences. It creates a sense of unity as we pray together and uh, encourage one another. Moses not only the hardships, but also emphasizes how God had delivered them This underscores the importance of recognizing God's faithfulness even in the midst of our trials, our stories. Sharing what God is doing in our lives are a powerful testimony to God's faithfulness and an encouragement. I pray that our community might be marked by a willingness to share the weight of one another's burdens, to encourage one another and pray for one another just as Moses shared the hardships of the Israelites with Jethro. And so we know that stories are the result of genuine concern and intentional time together. We know that stories are the courageous sharing of praises and struggles. And then we also saw from our passage that stories are an overflowing proclamation of God's faithfulness. What happened in verse 9? After Jethro heard all that Moses had to share, he did what? He, He rejoiced for all the good that the Lord had done to Israel and that he had delivered them out of the hands of the Egyptians. It was an overflowing proclamation of God's faithfulness in the midst of their trials and their suffering and in their celebration as well. And so it is a byproduct. We rejoice as a result of sharing our stories with one another. No matter what's happening in our lives, no matter how bad it is, God is present. He is there and people come alongside of us to encourage us. And so there's joy that comes about as a result of that unity. And it's an outflowing of our sharing our stories together. He rejoiced for all the good that the Lord had done to Israel. He delivered them out of the hands of the Egyptians. That life-transforming power of gratitude, and the joy that comes from it happens when we recognize that God is at work in our lives, and that others are drawn to that as well. Gratitude is a powerful catalyst for joy, for celebration, and life transformation. It's a response. It's a natural response to recognizing that God is good and He is faithful. It cultivates a grateful heart. It transforms our perspective and fosters a heart that overflows with gratefulness. Gratitude goes beyond words as it brings a community together 
as we acknowledge his power together. Listen to what happens in Exodus chapter 18, beginning in verses 10 and 12. Jethro said, Blessed be the Lord who has delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians and out of the hand of Pharaoh and has delivered the people from under the hand of the Egyptians. Now I know, now I know that the Lord is great among all the other gods. I didn't know it before, but as I listen to these life-transforming stories and the faithfulness of God, now I know that God is great among all the other gods. And because of this, that God dealt directly with those arrogant people. Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, brought a burnt offering and sacrifices to the Lord. And Aaron came with all the elders to Israel to eat bread with Moses' father-in-law before the Lord. As a result of what God has done, they gathered together to celebrate that. What draws us together this morning is because of what Christ has accomplished in our life. You know, people come to worship because they're excited about what Christ has done in their life. It makes no other sense to do as any other way. Why does church matter? It matters because we serve a God that is good, that is greater than all the other gods, that, is desire, that desires our worship. And, and through our gathering together, we encourage one another. The body of Christ is built up. God is glorified. And other people see it, and they're drawn to it. And we are a living testimony to the goodness and the faithfulness of God. And without those stories, other people are going to fall deaf. I, I, I'm trying to get my mind around the fact that that 60% of this next generation is questioning whether there's a God that even exists. There's 350,000 people in our community, and the majority of them are unclear about whether God exists. They don't understand what the relationship with Christ is, and we are an enigma. And the sadness in that is, is that each one of us has a story to share that can make a difference in the lives of another. I'm a Christ follower today because of some men that came alongside of me and and told me about the life-transforming power of Jesus Christ. And I will bet that you are here today because of somebody that told you about the life-transforming power of a relationship with Jesus Christ. Maybe it's a friend, maybe it's a family member, maybe you heard it on a radio. Everyone has a faith story. There's a point at which we come to understand this world is fallen and broken, that God loves us and sent his son to die so we can have a relationship with him. So when we embrace that, That's where life transformation and power and joy and gratitude come from. And so our stories are important. Our stories help us to help others to understand what we have. They encourage us in our faith. They're an important part of how we live out our faith. And so they're they're important. Stories are important. They're a result of genuine concern and intentional time with others. They're, They're courageous sharing of the praises and struggles that we're facing in our life. And stories are an overflowing proclamation of God's faithfulness. I pray that our lives might be marked in this same way by a continued recognition of the hand of God at work in our lives, leading us to praise him with grateful and full and joyous hearts. That's what happens to the apostle Paul in Philippians chapter one. He is in jail. He's been beat. He's been thrown out. The apostle Paul finds himself in jail and he says this, I want you to know brothers that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. Whatever we're going through in our life, whether it's good or bad, is for the purpose of advancing the gospel so that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to all the rest that my imprisonment is for Christ. It's Paul's story that God is using to advance the gospel so that others might come to know and believe in him. And most of all, brothers, having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, 
they are much more bold to speak the word without fear. When we come to understand how great God is, when we come to embrace and experience the fullness of that power that comes from the living Lord, the relationship with Christ, how can we not but share that goodness with people around us? You know, we have been entrusted with the story of a God that loves us, that wants a relationship with us. Not just a story, but a factual reality. <laughs> the grave was empty. Jesus has ascended. He's at the right hand of God. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, if that didn't happen, then this whole thing is a train wreck. It's a mess. Worse than that, we're misleading people. Praise be to God that the grave was empty. And Christ has risen. That message people desperately need to hear around us. In this, the love of God was made manifest to us that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. We don't live through our jobs. We don't live through our financial circumstances. We certainly don't live through the circumstances that come up on a daily basis in our life. So I think back this past week was one of those, oh, I need a do-over week. (laughs) But through that, as I turned my attention and my focus to God, he sustained and he strengthened and and he worked. And for those 269 prayer requests that are on those walls, you need to know that God hears those prayers. He does care and he has a plan to deliver you. He loves us, he cares for us, and he has a plan for us. And so this morning, I want to encourage you. If you have a story you want to share, I want to encourage you to share that. As we move through Exodus, we're going to be looking at gratitude through these wilderness experiences. It's my prayer that that we would be able to share stories with one another in a way that, that others can celebrate this hope that we have within ourselves as well. That we can be an encouragement to one another as we encourage one another in the faith, as we let God's word transform us. And so if you've got a story you want to share, you can just scan that QR code. You go to springbook.org slash stories. It's a little link you can click. And you click the link, and you know, I was walking around my neighborhood. You, know, you can do that from your desk. You, know, you can do that from your workplace. Do it from anywhere. You know, who are you and how long you've been here? You know, what are some of the ways you've seen God being faithful? What are you looking for? Uh, forward to as we move through this next year. Those stories are going to transform lives. And so I want to encourage you to, uh, to take a moment to share yours. If you don't, if you don't share your stories, you're going to get to see mine every week. <laughs> stories are powerful. And it takes courage to step out and share them. And when you do, God will use them. So I want to encourage you to share your story. If you need help with that, um, just text me. You can text help to that number as well. I'd love the opportunity uh, to help you craft and, and share your story. If you've got questions about a relationship with Christ, maybe you have questions about, you know, uh, you know, how to have a relationship with Christ and what this is all about. I'm so glad you're here. We, we want to help you be able to experience uh, what we are experiencing together as the body of Christ, and we'd love the opportunity to answer any questions that you have as well. But as we kick off this new series, as we continue to move through this year, would you pray with me? Uh, that the power and presence of God would just permeate this place, that we would have a a sense, an ever-increasing sense of his presence in our life as we move through this year. Father, I just want to thank you for this day you've given us today. And I thank you for uh, Moses and Jethro and for the lessons that we can learn uh, from their life as uh, as they took time to care about, genuinely care about one another and share stories with one another. Father, I just want to pray for our church as we move through this year that we would be able to find time to be able to encourage one another. God, I am looking forward to what you have for us this year. And God, I just pray for 
this ministry that you would help us to be effective at in reaching this next generation that is just far from you, that has questions about you. And we know uh, that you have a plan and purpose for us and for them. And we look forward to uh, all that you have for us. God, thank you for your provision for this ministry. God, thank you for those that um, call Springbrook Church their home. Thank you for the opportunity we have to encourage one another. And we look forward to all that you have for us as we continue to move through this year. And we pray all these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Please stand with us as we continue in worship this morning.
morning, church, as we prepare to leave this place, let's go and know, knowing that we have a story, we have a testimony. And it's our obligation to share that with the world, those who we meet, those who need some encouragement. And today's age, today's time that we live in, that seems to be many. So let's go knowing that we are a disciple, we are an example. And let's go sharing this love of Christ that has just engulfed our souls. We are nothing but eternally grateful for that. Let's go in peace. Thank you. Inside, heaven is real and death is alive.